the button yeah. now. Uh, I guess uh, Jason will edit this, so I'll just do yes. this. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of the Head Cannon Circus podcast. I just blanked out for a second, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are doing a special author interview episode for you guys today. Uh, we are welcoming Hannah Flint, the author of Strong Female Characters. Uh, let me go ahead and put that up on the screen because I am great. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't picked up a copy of this, go ahead and pick up a copy. You should have already, but you know, people are busy. That's life. But go ahead, drop some money, pick up the book. It's really, really good. But we're going to talk about it today. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hannah, how are you doing? I'm great. Oh my god, we had like two seconds. I was trying to work out the lighting. It's like never sunny in England. You're like, we can't cope. We're a temperate climate. We're not yeah. ready for this. It's handle funny it because it's raining here in Georgia, and it never rains. Oh, there you go. Today, well, on my part of town, it's raining. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's, it's past me, so I actually have the sun coming in. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, there we go. I don't. So I have this little lantern. That I use sometimes to give myself some. <laughs> some light. You're like not a ring light. And I don't, I don't subscribe to that. Yeah, no. I was just you know not maybe later fancy. when the podcast starts making money, but <laughs> for now the lantern works. <laughs> so oh, welcome, yeah, Hannah. Go ahead, Jason. No, go ahead, Lisa. Uh, no, I, I just you're so polite to each other. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I actually no. Thank you so much for having me. And it was really, um, it was really nice to get your message because, of course, this came out in the the book came out in the UK in uh, September. It came out in the US in uh, February. So it's really nice when you get kind of out of the blue, like people like want to talk to you. It's like, oh well, they, they, yeah. it's, it's found places. Yeah, <laughs> people have never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, and it was. Uh, was this okay? So I, I have a question. I'm going to go ahead and start. And have you seen the the stand up comedy clip where um, I can't remember which comedian is, but he's saying uh, everyone wants to talk about like their life, and he says, "Okay, everyone needs to get real cool with a lot of stuff real quick." And like, and did you kind of have that mentality when you were making this book? Because this is, I mean, you don't you don't talk badly about your parents, but there are definitely some yeah. uh, uncomfortable times where I could see like, it might be hard for your mom to read yeah. those things, you know? And did you have that moment where like, okay, mom, you're going to have to be real cool real quick. Or have <laughs> you already had these conversations with her? You stole think... my question, Lisa. Dang it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I'm, no, uh, I was about to say, unfortunately, my parents are still alive. But fortunately, my parents are still alive. <laughs> I mean, if, you write, if you write something, I know. Yeah, you can do it. Like, what's that book recently that memoir came out? It was like, I'm, I'm glad my mum is dead. Yeah, like, Jenna, like you can do that yeah. type of stuff. And I'm 100 do not. I do not feel that way about my mum mm-hmm. or dad. Um, but I think, I suppose for me, because this isn't just a straight memoir. It's more about. So the subtitle is what movies teach us. And so being able to use use cinema as a way to look back on my life and it not to be a kind of chronological exactly what happened in every aspect of my upbringing. (laughs) And, you know, I'm 35 now. So like it was never going to be about that. But I definitely felt um, a responsibility to my parents to, well, the mom, mom, my mom and my stepdad who are in my life, 
to give mm-hmm. them copy approval. <laughs> so, yeah. And then it was it was more about like, because there's a certain sense of like, I don't know. I think even when you do memoirs, there's certain things that you need to put in and out. And, and you know, I, I again, I didn't need to put everything that's ever happened in my life to kind of make a point about how mother-daughter relationships are presented on the screen, how we inherit mm-hmm. stuff as women and, you know, women of color as people of color as you know different aspects of that but I did feel the need to definitely let my mom read specifically especially through the chapters that was certainly one that was about moms one about dads <laughs> and getting their approval yeah. and yeah it was it was it was interesting it was quite cathartic actually I think also for my parents because I think I don't know like there's that movie Rashomon which I think is like a perfect example like one of the perfect movies to show like how um an event happens and whoever's involved in it, they have their own perspective on the way. So us three, we're having this conversation now. We all have our own perspective on how it's going. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes when you look back, especially when you look about younger years and certain things that I was going through um, and probably I didn't talk to my parents about when I was younger because I didn't feel Mm -hmm. comfortable with these things, you know, it can create a bit of tension where you're like, wait a sec, does that happen? Who's, I don't remember like that or this type of, you know, all that type of situation. But I think Mm -hmm. fundamentally it's like, I think it was, for me, it was really important to show, like, certainly contextualize as well, like, where my parents come from <laughs> or, like, yes. what they've been through to understand wh- why I'm who I am and how that mm-hmm. influences. Because I'm sure we all know that, like, we are what we are today because of the people who did or didn't raise us. <laughs> and right. so kind of, so for me, it, yeah, having that context was really important. And especially as the two most important people who, like, inspired my love of film. Like I would, if I, if they didn't take me to the movies every week, if they didn't go to blockbuster videos every Friday night, like mm-hmm. things like that, like, I don't think I would love the film that, uh, in the way that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to piggyback off Elise's question here because you get very candid about some things and some aspects in your life, uh, in this book and knowing that your parents are going to read it <laughs> when you were writing <laughs> these I know what you're talking about. <laughs> 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 I guess <laughs> More, I talk a lot more. about my sex life. Yeah. 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 There's things, uh, I still, my parents still believe I'm a virgin. I have a child. <laughs> so there's things I don't talk to my parents about. When you're writing this, uh, yeah. did you have those like sort of uh, feelings of, oh crap, my mom's going to read this. So I, maybe I should pay her back. And if you did, uh, how'd you deal with those thoughts? Like, because yeah. as I said, I don't talk to my parents like that. <laughs> and I know that when I write a book, they're going to be like, holy crap, Jason, really? <laughs> Clutching their pearls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do remember when I'd like got, um, and maybe got like the final proofs. And I remember I was sat in my flat, the flat I'm in now, and um, my mom and dad were down and my mom's like still reading it. And she finally got to the bit where I'm talking about sex. And she's just, every now and then she just stops and starts laughing. <laughs> and then she's telling my dad about it. And I'm like, dad, mom, spoilers. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Um, but for me, I, I, I suppose because I come from, you know, my, my bread and butter is being a film critic. Um, and I really care about, um, the reason why I talk about these subjects is because I think another way in that cinema is distorted in like the way, sorry, I'm like really aware of like the like little shininess <laughs> of my face. <laughs> is that a lens there? Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, it's um, for dramatic purposes. That's what it it's is. For. Yeah, exactly. It's like the hazy, I'm thinking of a memory and therefore like this is what's coming out. Yeah. Cinema, cinema. Yeah. Um, but I remember like I, the, what I watch on screen and you know, what we, I think my point about part of the point of the book is how much cinema is a reflection of the world, but it's quite distorted. And, um, but it teaches a lot of things about like, 
you know, how, you know, how, how we have sex, how we date, like what is mm -hmm. romance? And then I think it was important to have a chapter on kind of porn and the way sex is related as well, because that's a big part of like, you know, erotic cinema and like things that we see on screen. So for me, I have no issues with talking about my sex life, to be honest, especially when it's like, I don't know, I don't think I would tweet about it, but no, it's in a book and you have to like actually like sit down and read it within a yeah. whole long context. It's a lot easier to say. Oh yeah, I had a threesome once. You know, like yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. It was seriously so, just like in passing. I just had to. <laughs> I mean, it was refreshing. Like, to be oh, like, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's all a part of my. The purpose of the book is also to normalize so many things that we yes. go through, things that we are scared about talking about, mm -hmm. because sex is a like is a vital part of life, mm -hmm. and certainly, and I suppose especially for like women, like our pleasure from it and what we get out of it has often not been the priority <laughs> and so right. for me I really wanted to have a conversation like have a real conversation you know what you just reminded me because I'm like obviously like love a bit of like self-harm when it comes to reading <laughs> reviews I mean it's so hilarious now it's like the critic <laughs> becomes critiqued and it's like oh, well, I'll go for it. Uh, I did read like <laughs> yeah I did read one Goodreads review and they gave it three stars. It was like, oh, I really liked it. And still she started talking about her sex life, which was a bit too much. And I was like, wow, I'm being slut-shamed in. For real. <laughs> but it's like, you know, that's what I mean. And it's seeing that was like, this is exactly why we need to talk about these things. This is exactly why I'm glad I wrote it. Because it has been really nice to get the feedback of saying, like, even if you haven't had the exact experience, but like being able to talk about and hopefully open up a conversation and a dialogue with your friends, your family, your partner, you know, mm -hmm. all these things that you feel a bit more comfortable, that was kind of the purpose. And I think cinema is getting better at showing, you know, uh, the, you know, sex isn't a monolith for women, but like showing like orgasms and like showing mm -hmm. like, you know, actual women getting pleasure, but also <laughs> the kind of, the kind of darker side of that. And like when we see so much of, sexual assault and why rape culture is also perpetuated on screen yeah. so so yeah so go back to your question <laughs> uh yeah I mean I kind of just wrote it and then I feel like my parents like they wrote they laughed a bit in it but you know I think I think they were kind of chill about it in the end you know mm -hmm. I mean they're they're, they're white parents so <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're built a little differently yeah yeah well, it's so funny speaking to some like some of my really good friends who are like you know, black female critics like and you even see it in films i was like white parents like kids get, kids get away with things so much more than like ethnic minorities or black kids or whatever like that and it's like i never knew the biological father so it's like i never experienced that so i'm kind of like there's my privilege yeah <laughs> do you call your parents, parents by their first name <laughs> You know what? No, I don't. Although <laughs> there, when you're, it does now at this point though in my life, it's like now it's like, oh, Caroline. <laughs> Sorry, <I'm there. laughs> you know I mean, I might say it under my breath, but I don't know. I don't. Yeah, or Phil. But I called my dad old man a lot. That's my that's okay. my thing. And that, mom, that's, yeah, that's fair enough. That's yeah, man. Yeah, that's a classic. That's a classic. I've, I've watched peers of mine call their parents by their first name. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I would never. I, it, I would never. My mom I, is still mom. Yeah. <laughs> my dad mm -hmm. is still dad until yeah. they're dead. No, <laughs> I don't even know their first names. <laughs> it's funny though. There's things that you will say. Like, I I think about like I could never call my dad daddy again. It's been corrupted <laughs> too much. Yes. That yeah. word. The only thing I think about daddy, who's that guy who was in, um, he was in like Will and Grace and he died recently. I want to say Leslie something. And he used to, as you oh, said to go, it's like, um, daddy, daddy, yes. look at me, daddy. Oh, yeah. It's like every oh, time I think exactly of that, daddy, I think about. of that. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I can't ever 
So it's yeah, going to, it's going to haunt me. What the actor's name? It was is. a sad oh, day when he died. It was yeah. a sad day. Yeah. Let's. I think it's Leslie something. Hmm. Yeah, that's the power back. of the well, internet in front of yeah. me. <laughs> Leslie well, like, Jordan. Leslie Jordan. That's it. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you told me because I'll end up waking up at like three a.m. and yeah. I'll be shouting, "Leslie Jordan," <laughs> and I'll be like, okay. "It would bother me all day until that I figured out their last name." <laughs> yeah. No, I think my kids, like, one time in passing, like, tried to call me Lisa, and I was just like, oh, negative. Like, uh, never. I, I think I just scared it so much. It, yeah, they don't even know my name now. They just, my son at the forever. Juneteenth party on Saturday kept calling me by my first name, and I'm like, what are you doing in front of oh. guests, son? I did not hear him say that. Or would I yell at him? I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you give him like the look of like? I gave him like like what are you doing? <laughs> He's like you're not answering the dad. I'm like oh my god. <laughs> there's uh, there's kids kids these here. days, eh? I haven't got kids, and I'm kind of like I I feel like it might be a while before I want to. It's not worth it. <laughs> Don't listen. You do what you want. You it's do. not no. worth it. <laughs> you know what it is? It's like it's it's funny because again, part of the book is like talking about do I want to have kids or yes. like. I don't yeah. know. For me, I don't feel like there's this arbitrary. It feels like it becomes quite arbitrary having kids. And I certainly my situation and where I am in my life, it's like, oh, wow, I am not ready to not be selfish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it, do, it yeah. is a whole identity change, right? Once you have it a child. Is. So it's multiple kids. It's your whole personality. I mean, yeah. that, that's just really what it is. And everything has to be yeah about them. I have all my friends um, are they're They're your age and none of them have kids yet and they just live these like glamorous <laughs> nice amazing lives. lives and they go on vacations like four times a year and I maybe get to make it on one if I'm lucky you know like and, just, and I'm just like is that what it's like no, no it's not it's yeah not. I tell you I tell you how glamorous my life was on Saturday I went like okay. I went to us my friend Nikesh Shukla he wrote a Spider-Man comic Spider-Man India like a new mm-hmm. fun for Marvel. So I went to that launch and I went to a house party and I got home at 7 a.m. and I was sat on my sofa eating 20 chicken nuggets. So like that oh. is, <laughs> that's my life. That's my glass So you were not, you were not in Jets and Kinko's on Saturday. I got you. That's a very right. parent-ish lifestyle. I've sat on the couch and ate 20 nuggets at 7 a.m. Oh, yeah. before. So. Yeah, but it is it every weekend. <laughs> I no, got a no, teenage I mean, boy, so yes. Maybe, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you? So this is a little sidetrack, but have you seen the news across the Spider Verse? I have seen it. Yeah, and how they did the um, Spider Man? How did you feel about that? The um, what was his name, mm. Jason? I can't remember. Oh my god, you're asking me for yes. Uh, there we go. Thank you. Javier yeah. Guitar. How? What were your thoughts on that? Oh, I mean, or any of the Spider Men. Really? Well, I, I really liked it. I re- so I know Dan Slott, who wrote The Spider-Verse, and I was reading that before watching Spider-Man. And, and I suppose this is sometimes a difficulty when you adapt. I think this, I saw The Flash recently as well. It's like when you're adapting mm-hmm. um, something that's a quite a complex comic book narrative and mm-hmm. then doing it on the big screen and, and not having the freedom to... I suppose the animation, you do have a bit more freedom, but The Flash kind of didn't work because it's kind yeah. of like... The Flashpoint Paradox is a very good comic book. I know. Right. Why don't it we do that? Like several yeah. movies, honestly. I loved it. I loved it. And, yeah. and even the choice so of like, I know I've just gone to the Flash, but it's like in my head, but like even the choice of having Michael Keaton's Batman instead of like a Thomas Wayne, for me, mm. that lacks the like the kind of like emotional depth of why that works. Jeffrey that kind Dean of thing. Morgan is right there. Oh my God. He would have been great. He would have been great. Yeah. He would have been great. And also doing like going into like, 
is it spoilers if I talk about this? But like, no, Zod go ahead. coming we back, Zod coming back. It's like he's we've done, we've done him. I mean, I did like yeah. the Supergirl thing because I think that's one bit that kind of worked from the thingy. But again, mm-hmm. it's like we're getting this character like once, and it's like, okay, are we going to see her again? But um, with the Spider Verse, I read. I mean, I love the first one. I love the first one. It's a perfect film. I thought um, the second one, what they've done with the uh, animation is just so good. Like mm-hmm. the levels, like I love the way that in Spider Gwen's world, like it's this watercolor and yes. it's like a mood ring, so it really yes. reflects like her state of mind. And then you get into like the Michelangelo, like kind of like um italian like renaissance with the vulture and all these different things it's so much fun and i love like i was really lucky because daniel kaluuya i interviewed for empire magazine one of the places i write about and we spoke about like him doing spider punk and i love that because it was made him proper camden boy like danny's from camden it's like like, proper accent (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and also danny's like started off in like he he was in Skins. He was posh Kenneth. Like he's done comedy. Like he's 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 not the gritty. I know we've seen him in some very dark roles. It's like give him a break. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that he got that in this, but there's still a darkness to it. And like I just felt with this, there was so much going on at once that I found sometimes it was like a bit discombobulating. Like it was quite bloated with the amount of things that they're introducing sometimes. That's my only mm-hmm. like I loved it. Like for me, it's a four star instead of a five star. And it's kind of like, I love Bruce Springsteen. And it's like when Rolling Stone gave like Bruce Springsteen like a four star. And it's like, wow, this is like <laughs> uh, stuttering. They took a star. But what did I'm he really do to excited. you guys? Yeah, exactly. But I can, but no, I thought it was, um, I thought Pravita, I love that again, that they kind of really made it specific to the character and the cultural identity of it. And I thought that's mm-hmm. what you get with the animated films you get that freedom to do whatever you kind of want and make it look gorgeous and then get like artists and stuff from those backgrounds. It's yeah. It's so much fun. Did you guys like Spider-Verse? Oh yeah. I loved it. I gave it five out of five. (laughs) I'm like that. I like everything usually. (laughs) So, and I, and I particularly love Spider-Man. And so I just, I love it. I want it. I can't wait to see it again. And just, I feel like I missed so much because I was just, my eyes were all over the screen. Okay, if you love Spider-Man, can I ask you a question? Because this is my biggest pet peeve with like the recent Spider-Mans with Tom Holland mm-hmm. and the way Aunt May is presented. Because mm-hmm. for me, it's certainly in the first Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire when you ha- and then with Rosemary, I forget her second name, uh, and then you have like Sally Field with Andrew Garfield. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. for me, Aunt May is like the moral heart of, of Peter Parker. Like mm-hmm. she gives some, in both those films, she gives these really lovely speeches about like, you know, because obviously Uncle Ben is like the catalyst, but like it's Aunt right. May who reminds him like, you know, this is who you are, Peter, and you've got to be, you know, once, when he's like there, like at his bottom, it's like Aunt May who like brings him back up. And then with Tom Holland's Spider-Man, they just made her into a hot aunt. Like, she yeah. just didn't do nothing. And don't get me wrong, I like the way her Spider-Man, the third Spider-Man, No Way Home, ended it. But the first mm. two films were just basically, hey, she's really hot. <laughs> That's about it. Like and then she starts dating. <laughs> yeah, and then she starts yeah, dating happy. And it's like, yeah, you know this is a fantasy realm. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if. I just that really annoyed me about that characterization. John Favreau's a pretty nice guy, I would imagine. <laughs> I love him. I love him. But the idea they just shoehorned in, and then suddenly I, and then suddenly Tony, Tony Stark, it's like yeah. the like his like moral, like the father, the parental yeah, his figure. Father it's figure like or whatever. That's what annoyed me. It's like you already have a parental yes. figure in Aunt May. Like let her do her job. So that was my pet. <laughs> so that that was always <laughs> that was always my issue, honestly, with um, far uh, homecoming. 
Yeah. Was it home? Yeah. That was always yeah. my issue with homecoming that it wasn't, I always just said like, I enjoyed homecoming a lot, but it wasn't a Spider-Man movie. It was an Iron Man movie. Yes. Because, yes. And, and I don't, and I don't like that. Cause I feel like yeah. then you're just pandering. I don't know. It, it annoys me. And I was just, yeah, and at yeah. that point I was over Tony Stark and, oh, yeah. um, and, and I hated, and I hated that too. I hated how the first, all he did was talk about how hot Aunt May was. Like, we all know <laughs> May is hot. We have yeah. that. Like, <laughs> yeah, we can we see. see that. Yeah. Like, stop. And, but I love. I don't need whole exposition. <laughs> yeah. Like, we get, like, you, she could show up in, like, sweatpants from Costco and we're going to be like, she's so hot. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. like, it's fine. But, um, yeah. But I think that that's leftover, um, just like Tony Stark in that, in that first. And I guess it, that was technically face two is that phase two i can't have no idea at this i'd have to ask my son but i think he's still sleeping so he knows all those answers i think it might be when spider-man came and wouldn't i mean yeah it must be phase two because is it like phase four what we're in now yeah so it had to have been phase two because it was during the um yeah uh civil war era so and that was still kind of like they were they were solely superhero movies and I, and they, and not to say they weren't deep, but they were kind of not quite so story driven, I feel like. <laughs> and that's why I like, I'm a big fan of phase two because I feel like they have deeper stories, but mm. anyway, so yeah, I agree. That's why I'm, I, I love homecoming for certain reasons, but, uh, but the biggest reason why I don't love it the most is because it's a Tony Stark movie, not a Spider-Man yeah. movie. And also Spider-Man. I know later they give like Peter Parker, like Peter Parker Industries, whatever, but the guy is poor. And so yeah. when it's only, like, it's like he doesn't have any money. So then bringing yeah. Tony Stark in to like do yeah. all these things, it's like that's part of his struggle is yes. that he's trying to do this on like a like a freelance photographer's budget. <laughs> I'm a freelance film critic. I could not be a superhero at the same time. It'd be too expensive. I'd be like, no. Not I all. mean, just to get the chemicals for the web fluids themselves, it should be like, I get an extra job. I need to, you know, do some DoorDash over here. <laughs> see, this is why I didn't see the issue with like the fact that to like Toby Maguire's they yeah. get on it, so it comes out. It's like that makes so much sense, and it yes. saves the whole thing of him trying to invent it and running out or whatever. Yeah. But Still I also like I though. like was it Spider Man Two or Spider Man Three where it's kind of like he's having a Spider Man Two, isn't it? Suddenly he's like having like a psychological nightmare, so he can't do anything, so he reverts back to like yeah. Oh yeah, and I love that part. It, of it. Yes. Again, it's like oh, he just can't handle it all. He needs therapy. So emo. Yeah, Honestly, all of them need therapy. That's big. Yeah, thing I mean, that's why they're superheroes because someone needs to talk to them. It's a big deal. I have a question, Hannah. I'm, I'm sorry. We were, I promise I'm going to ask you about your book, but now I <laughs> honestly have this issue. Honestly, you don't even have to talk about my book. We can just talk about Marvel the entire okay. time. <laughs> because, because I have this issue with, um, is it Endgame? Yes, Endgame, where in that final fight scene that they have like the scene with all the girls, you know, mm. that were all, which when I saw it in theater and I saw it with my daughter, we both like, we both clapped hands and it like yeah. gave us goosies and we enjoy, like we liked it. We're intelligent females. We understand that it was pandering mm. to us, right? It yeah. doesn't change the fact that it still meant something to us. But mm. the thing is, is it still gets me that um, Scarlett Johansson was not in that scene. And I don't think that it's fair. And I understand that she died or all that <laughs> stuff, but I don't think that it's fair 
that she was in the trenches. She was like the only face of Marvel for so long. And mm. then they have this giant epic scene and she doesn't get to be there. And it yeah. makes me so mad. And yeah. I'm like the only person who thinks that. <laughs> what makes me madder? What makes yeah. me madder is the fact that once again, we're going back to Tony Stark. Yeah. He gets to have this massive funeral that everyone turns up to. Yes. And all we see is like Hulk for a bench. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that's it. That's all we and get. And it's like, that. that's all we like, get for Natasha. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't mind that she sacrifices her life because I think that's actually a beautiful. Because again, there's this whole sure. thing women should be able to sacrifice themselves, right? They should be able to, shouldn't have to mad come in. And that's kind of like annoying a bit about like, like Terminator too. Because I talk yeah. about that in a lot. Because the final chapter is about like strong female characters and that in the action genre. But I, I don't know. Like, I think when you're when you're trying to course correct a lot of like very uh male heavy male dominated I should should say white male dominated <laughs> narratives mm-hmm. um trying to like suddenly incorporate that's why Black Widow afterwards felt a little I, I really like Black Widow in the movie like I liked the elements of it and and I, I thought it was fun but it was like this shouldn't have been an afterthought this should have been right done before this because then it just doesn't feel as like you know what's going to happen. So I don't know. It didn't, it felt like it was patching up things and it wasn't like, I really enjoyed it, but I also feel like I'm quite like susceptible to it, like to enjoy Marvel films because I just love mm-hmm. Marvel. Um, but I don't think it did, it did her due diligence, but yeah, that final sequence, I don't know. It's just, even when they do the thing where it's like girl versus girl in, in Infinity <laughs> War, where they had like yeah. Denai Guerrero, who is it? Akoya and um, yeah. Scott Janssen. She's been in there thing. the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those things like kind of like really, really annoy me. But yeah, I don't know. You know, I I kind of had, I have more um, that what you said, that moment, like the female superheroes like jumping up. I did get a chill watching it, but then half of me was like, oh. Yeah. I feel like Kanye, you know, that gift of Kanye where he's like, ah, and it's like, yeah exactly but then I also have to remember like like you said if you watch it with your daughter your daughter watching that like there are different levels when you're watching movies and what it means to certain people and certainly we have to remember that these are kind of I don't know when you're doing a full quadrant movie trying to appeal to everyone they are fundamentally like children adult yeah you mean trying to hit all those marks so maybe that wasn't for us maybe that was for the little girls Right. Maybe it doesn't have to be for us. I don't right, know. Right, exactly. Yeah. As Lisa and calmly she was says, squeezing my hand. Yeah. So yeah. it was exciting yeah. for her. So it did it's, it's not job. for it's not for you. It's it's, it's not for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're gonna put yeah. that on a t-shirt one day. <laughs> I say that all the time. Like maybe it's just not for me. It's just not- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that's so interesting as well when it comes to like criticism, because big part of like for me, so I am half Tunisian, so I'm like Arab, North African, mm. British heritage, and um certainly when it comes to like the history of who's been able to write about films and talk about films right it's been Mm -hmm. very much cis straight white male like Mm -hmm. who have the outfits who have the platforms and you know that's the factory settings and so when people think I was doing a podcast recently this criticism podcast and it was like you know you have a lot of white men who get like really uh white male critics who like oh you shouldn't bring you know you have to compartmentalize you know you don't have to bring your identity to like your writing it's like you ha- you will you you have to because you are like you don't live life in a vacuum like everything that right. you have ever been through informs the way you see the world so mm-hmm. when you've like never had to think about like what are the dynamics of of like you know if you once again have like an interracial relationship or like mm-hmm. or if you have like another culture where like white savior coming in it's like if you're always the norm that's been seen maybe actually like 
you've never had to worry about your identity because it's always been there. It's always been represented. And so I often think to myself as well, like, I always feel like people who are mar- mar- like marginalized or minorities, I think they're far better at like reviewing um, like the norm, like the, you know, the, 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 the factory settings and the other way around. Like mm-hmm. we can probably review it because we've been growing, like grow- I kind of compare it to like in the book to like, um, uh, you know, Ready Player One. Yeah. Right. And then there's the character H, which in the movie yeah. is played by um uh Lee uh what's her name? Lena Wake. Lena yeah, Wake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in it, so watch. she's yeah, so she in the game she everyone thinks she's just this like cis straight white male, but actually yeah. she's a black lesbian. <laughs> and it's yeah. And it's like, so she has to learn all this stuff, this white dude's favorite things, all these kind of, all the things in it are basically like body Python, like war games, mm-hmm. all these things are very much tailored to like a white male, like taste, like pop mm-hmm. culture taste. She has to do that to understand it. And then she does really well. And it's like, well, yeah, she knows more of that, but I bet she loves and She knows all the stuff that's specific to her culture as well. Like her background, yes. whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, all the little <laughs> things like black politicians, Spike Lee and all these different ways to come to music and stuff. So when you have to like have that as the main thing and try to find yourself in characters that probably don't share anything with you. I always find it interesting when people say that, like the other way around, they, they think, oh, we, I don't know if they'll relate to this person. It's like, we've been doing yeah. it for fucking Yeah, we got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That reminds me of like a uh, a critic review of uh, the movie Turning Red for Pixar. Oh so, yes. Oh yeah. I, see, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. He he was like, I don't really like. I can't really you know get into this movie because it's so specific. And me as a black male, I'm not Asian or female. I'm sitting there watching this movie, bawling my eyes out uh-huh. because like I can empathize with the characters yeah. that are on the screen. But this guy's like, I don't. I don't understand. I'm, get out of here are you not doing yeah. <laughs> yeah it's mad because it's kind of like then learn yeah, <laughs> then yeah. learn and yeah. then to right find your relate to it because actually if you've got i don't know i'm not trying to do that as a father of daughter things but it's also like this is the world women are half the population and like half you, the population yeah, it's not like a you can relate more. to stand by me but you can't relate to turning red <laughs> like, yeah. like and that's that's what we're dealing with and i think it's just actually um, I find it, it's more of um, an unwillingness mm-hmm. to move, to be to be able to, and people are so calcified in the way that they see things. And like, there's certainly, I'm sure we've all gone through at certain points in life, there's things that we like, like when we were younger, and then you kind of come back to it again, you might be like, oh, no. Or <laughs> things that you didn't like. You were like, oh, I'm not really into that genre of movie, like genre style. And then you get about watch something later, or you watch another film by the director that you didn't like, and then you watch the next one, you're like, oh, I do like that. We can change our opinions because yes. we change what we learn about the world, what we pick up and where we are in our own lives and stuff. You know, there's things that I probably didn't relate to. It's so weird when you look at films like like watching like something like Never Have I Ever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, I'm like twice as old as this. <laughs> <laughs> but I can still watch it and like relate to the things or mm-hmm. even kind of feel obviously because I went through what a young girl did. But even in so many different ways, like we're constantly we're like sponges and taking on all these experiences and I feel personally as part of my like craft and what I do for a living I want to watch as many things as possible mm-hmm. and not just mm-hmm. stuff that's coming out now but also going back like I didn't study film at uni like my love of cinema comes from going with my family like watching it having like a like an unlimited car going to the movie every week and then like just through like things like streaming services and then, like the other day I was watching um I watched like 
Denis Villeneuve's Polytechnic, and then I watched Robert Bresson's Pit Pocket, and then I watched Ancien Andalou, like Salvador Dali, and uh, I think it's Louis <laughs> Brunel film. And it's like, that was like very, very, very odd uh, triple bill. But it's yeah. like watching that, and it's like, oh, cool. Maybe I didn't love everything about each bit, but I can see where the influence has gone on, like how Robert Bresson has influenced like Paul Schrader, or like, you know, the, even the kind of techniques that Ancien Andalou did with the surrealism can see how that's been regurgitated with like something like David Cronenberg or David Lynch, you know, things like that. Anybody like, named David. Yeah, <laughs> basically all the Davids. So it's kind of like, so like for me, that's what I feel like it's a craft in the same way, like any sort of artistic thing. Cause even, you know, technically I think criticism is a kind of art form in itself because it's sure. trying to understand the way we tell stories. And my biggest thing is like, what does it make you feel? Did you guys see oh, the souvenir God. part two? No, no. It's, well, <laughs> Souvenir Part One, I didn't wasn't much fan of. Souvenir Part Two is great, and there's an actor called Richard Ayoade, and he plays this like filmmaker in it. And it's a bit where like he's editing this musical, and he's asking him like he's a director. He's like, so what do you think? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's great. And he's like getting really angry because it's like great is not enough. Like nice is not enough. He's like, what does it make you feel? And like I always feel like whenever I come out of a movie, it's like, what does it make me feel? Like angry, like emotional, like. Mm -hmm. um, you know, scared, all these things. And I think that's a mark of a great movie that you come away and you might hate it, but even that's a feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I Did you Halloween ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually cried at the end of Halloween ends. I was like, oh my God, look at them all come together, this town. I thought, don't get me Finally. wrong. Finally. <laughs> yeah. I did actually interview Jamie Lee Curtis and I was like, so tell me. Has it ended though? <laughs> yeah. They just don't know. They keep lying. It's like false evidence. Yeah. Like, I'm so oh. mad that Hugh Jackman has come back as Wolverine. Like yeah. that yeah. after Logan, which was a perfect, like perfect just it's ending. done. I don't even need Wolverine anymore at all. Like that's <laughs> after it. that movie. Like <laughs> that you couldn't have asked as a superhero a superhero actor who's been in it for 17 odd years. You couldn't have asked mm -hmm. it was like 2000. When is the next one? It's like you couldn't have asked for a better send off than Logan. Mm. It was just beautiful, like Oscar nominated, like James Mangle, he did the thing based on Old Man Logan comic, but it was like mm -hmm. sick. And then it's like, and then he's gonna come back for Deadpool. Not even like the original Deadpool, Deadpool 3. It's the yeah. third one. And we know what happens to the th third ones. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a Deadpool that Disney, that Disney has its hooks in. So it's gonna not even be like but, really yeah. good. To be honest, yeah. if Ryan Reynolds asked me to do something, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. True, but I, I think kind of Hugh Jackman's basically his like I think what's happened is maybe his post like Wolverine like non-super stuff hasn't really done that well because if you think about like The Sun um, I mean I wasn't really a massive fan of The Greatest Showman and he did that uh, reminiscence no, I refuse <laughs> I love you're I like love I'm great, not I loved I it The Greatest Showman but, yeah. good soundtrack the movie's I love terrible the soundtrack. Yes. <laughs> absolute gaslighting of history the guy P.T. Barnum was an ultimate racist yeah that's he's awesome. a terrible he's human being exploiting like yeah. they were basically often with slaves weren't they indentured yeah, to he him. kept he kept a person as a slave yes in places that and yeah. then when that person died he used their body yes to make more money yeah oh wow <laughs> No, yeah, they really. I refuse. <laughs> no, thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah, no, that was. Really I watch anything else from Jackman, even like but like, I, He's he's voicing that character in um, Human Resources, isn't he? Yes. If you watch that animated series, that that's that's his highest, and maybe that's why it's like I need, I need that money. Deadpool Disney money. <laughs> yeah.
these houses don't pay for themselves (laughs) he doesn't want to do broadway anymore it's too much work i think he also got a a bunch of kids too i think yeah he's got a couple of kids hasn't he but also yeah broadway is like takes it out of you like i'm always very impressed by actors who do stage work like i remember seeing mark rylance do um this play called jerusalem and he's basically playing a drunk guy all the way through with like a limp and like the first opening show he like cracks like two eggs and like puts in something and downs it and I'm like you're doing that eight times a times week, a week. Oh, like no. for all must just be through the roof yeah yeah I just can't <laughs> I, even imagine what um, I just are. have you heard of a little life the book oh. and then they've done a stage show of it and I interviewed James mm-hmm. Norton recently who plays the lead guy in it and like a little life is like it's Ivan Van Hove who's adapted it. He did it, I think he did it, I want to say in like Norway. And then he did it, he's doing it in London. And um, it's like a three, like three and a bit hour play. Mm-hmm. And it's like loads of self-harm. Like James Watt is like naked half the time on set. It's just Oh, brutal. yes, I have heard of this. Yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it and I was like, again, you're doing this. <laughs> seven, maybe like two matinees as well. It's like, yeah. I, you know... No, I'm impressed. Like you have to put your butt, and he's got diabetes, so he's like oh, having yeah. to like check his levels on time. It's just, yeah. I mean, it, it can be quite uh, a labor acting. Yeah, I don't know how thing. they do it. <laughs> <You> can <laughs> never be. I can it, never. No. Yeah. As soon as I have, was uncomfortable once, I'd be like, I, I quit. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen also like Evan Peters? You know, he he's always doing these really dark roles, and mm. now he's like basically saying. I need to take a break because it, it gets like, I mean, if you think of the roles, it just all the different characters he's played on American Horror Story alone. Yeah. And yeah. then, which have you seen any American Horror Story? I was quite, I was like very much a fan. And then I think it kind of lost its way these later seasons. Yeah. So I'm interested to see the new one in New York, but it's all kind of yeah. very similar, right? It's all kind of similar. Yeah, it's all kind of very similar. And yeah, I think my called I, trauma I, porn. Well, yeah, and I think I wrote this thing for the BBC recently about like method acting, and this isn't what they're doing, isn't like I mean, not no. method acting in a traditional sense. I think nowadays, right. I anytime that someone like there's this big so, so of course, like do uh, when I say stuff doing like on stage, it's kind of a labor because it's having to do that every night, right? Whereas for a movie, you're doing a set period, and I do feel yeah. like you know, we have people like Robert De Niro and Daniel Day-Lewis and even like Jeremy Strong have been labeled like method actors because they go to these extreme efforts for like getting in the role. But fundamentally method is less the, it's less like not sleeping for like, or like, you know, there's that whole story about that Dustin Hoffman not sleeping for 72 hours when he did mm-hmm. Running Man. Cause it was like, and then this famous story is that Laurence Olivier goes to him, dear boy, have you tried acting? Cause <laughs> right. <laughs> And like, you know, we've heard about Jeremy Strong going to intense le- uh, levels um, of like, you know, keeping himself isolated from the rest of the cast. Like, you know, again, just staying in character and stuff, which again, isn't method. It's kind of like, that's just people feeling like they can't switch it on and off and they want to rather do right. that. And then you end up having this acting. like, yeah. And so <laughs> I imagine, I imagine like with someone um, like Evan Peters doing these things, I'm sure he's pretty much done something similar so he can keep that darkness. But like other actors, like, no, I can't do that. I don't want to be yeah. that. like, that's not fun. But like people like Jeremy Strong have said something like, and there's a really good critic who, Angelica J. Bastian, who writes for Vulture and New York mm-hmm. Magazine. And I was talking to her about this piece, but she's written about it, this subject as well. It's like the, uh, like some of these actors, it's like they, it's kind of this like macho masculine thing where they think that acting is quite a, like a frivolous like job and mm-hmm. so they have to 
put a lot of labor into it to make it feel like, hey, I'm a man. This is a real <laughs> hard job. So they feel good. And even Jeremy Strong said, like, if I didn't take it this seriously, I'd just be all ridiculous. And it's like, or you can be like, just have yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah. You're like Jenna Rollins, like great method actor, like Amy Adams, like all these people who use like techniques. It's like, but you never hear mm -hmm. about that stuff because again, again, mm -hmm. like the stream weight loss and gain, that's also a part of like the whole narrative when it comes to award season, because again, it's that yeah. labor. Oh, look what I'm putting my body through. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's kind of, um, yeah. I just think get better at acting. <laughs> yeah. <it's laughs> Rather than having to live it. I yeah. don't know. Was, I say this as someone who's not an actor, so maybe. <laughs> there was somebody recently, I can't remember who the actor's name was, who was just like really pissed off another actor because they were doing the whole method thing. They're just like, it's not that serious. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. Was I want to say Cox it's like. about Jeremy Strong. Yep. That was exactly what it was. He's Scottish. He doesn't give a shit. He's yeah. been here like, long enough that he doesn't have to worry about it. I, I honestly, I'm like, where my light is going on my eyes, it's like, oh, wow. I'm like, it sure that? is. And I feel like now I'm a superhero. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, again, like, that's the thing. You're, you're in a professional environment. This is a professional workspace. And it kind of feels sometimes... Some people are, you know, some people might not mind that sort of stuff if people have to do that. But mm -hmm. if you're doing it in a way that creates a toxic work environment, you know, maybe think about yeah. better ways to doing it. I don't yeah. know. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I, more people say, there's so many people like Mads Nicholson and Tony Collette are like, fuck, that's bullshit. Like, do you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? No, I don't think many people enjoy it. Although I've heard that Daniel Day-Lewis isn't actually that bad when he does things. He's not like intensely like antisocial. He's just like, just call me Mr. Lincoln <laughs> or something yeah. like that. Or I'm going to be in a wheelchair for the rest of this whole entire shoot. Yeah. But I yeah. think like yeah. Angelina Jolie is, is like that. Cause I think I remember reading, this is forever ago when um, Girl Interrupted came out, her talking about how she literally just secluded herself from mm. the whole cast. And like, so she missed out on, I don't know. I, I think I'm a little mad at her that she missed out on this opportunity to be like BFFs with Winona Ryder. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because or Brittany Murphy, RIP. Yeah, or Brittany yeah. Murphy, or yeah, like because you're going to yell at them in a shame. I wonder if there's but, a difference where she wouldn't do that now, though, because she's got like, what, 20 kids. So it's kind of yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> like, again, it's maybe when you're younger and you've got the freedom to try things out and you can do whatever you want, like it's a lot easier. Yeah. But like nowadays, I think a lot, once you've got family involved, you can't just be like bringing that shit home, right? Yeah. Unless you just not. don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Get the nannies. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I just won't see you for the whole entire year. Yeah. This year. It's going to be six months, but you guys are fine. We're rich. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> see, it's, but you often hear more about with male actors than you do yeah. with female actors because, you know, again, if a woman is difficult, is branded difficult, oh, it's like, she's, yeah. she's causing trouble. Yeah. yeah. If she, if, if like women do the same stuff that some of the male actors pull, like she'd be branded and wouldn't be able to work with. And then like the other way around, you'd be like, oh, wow, look how brave they are. Like how brave, so brave. He's just, he's just an auteur. He's just yeah. so intense. That's why Tom yeah, Cruise yeah, keeps yeah. making movies. Yeah. <laughs> right. Tom Cruise is insane though. Like I just find him, I, I watched Far and Away for the first time recently, the, you know, like the naughty, like the Ron Howard film yeah. and Nicole Kidman. Yes. I've never seen it before. And I watched it, this film on film festival, the BFI, and I was like, this is sick. This is so good. <laughs> like, why are we trying? Like, honestly, sometimes I feel like it's a massive reassessment of some of these films because it's so much fun. Like, I like Ron Howard. I think that yeah, Willow is great. Like, there's mm -hmm. so many things that he's done that's great. I mean, mm, uh, I didn't like, I didn't like the, what is it called? Solo or Star Wars. Story, yeah. But I'm going to put that down to that movie. 
Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think that's kind of, I mean, I would say actually whoever decided to sat Chris Miller and Phil Lord yeah. and bring him in. Uh, Whatever that. Disney exec did that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is it Catherine Kennedy? Kathleen Kennedy? Probably. Um, but um, I... I was like, Tom Cruise is like a proper like movie star. And even like now, it's like when you're watching it, him, there's a scene in it where he's like running down the thing. I was like, see, this is, see what, we wouldn't have had Ethan Hunt <laughs> without far and away. And yeah. there's a bit where he's like on a horse going up like this. And I'm like, see, there's the action star. This is just like building up to it. I'm very excited. I've seen Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning tomorrow morning, so we'll see. I love all the Mission Impossible movies except for the second one, so I can't wait. <laughs> well, the okay. one with Tandy Way Newton and Do Gray Scott. That was yeah. so good. I mm -hmm. like that one. Mm. Sean Bean, wasn't it? Was it yeah. Sean Bean? No, I'm thinking I, of GoldenEye. Sorry, no, I'm thinking Golden, of GoldenEye. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's what I was like. When was Sandy in Mission? I just yeah. watched all the Well, they had motorcycle recently. jousting in that. And I don't know. Yeah. Isn't that John Woo, though? Yeah, it was John Woo. And maybe, yeah. maybe he's, I don't know, maybe that just wasn't his wheelhouse to do, was, you know, a My Tom thing, Cruise action movie. Well, Because there's the doves and the... Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what, he tried to put a bit of romance and poetry in it, I thought I, I, maybe I need to do like a whole... I don't think I'll have time tonight. I was like, can I do this for oh. before 10 a.m.? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I, what, what I remember one of the things that's kind of ridiculous about, like, I don't know, a lot of the... um. So when it comes to like the superhero genre, you can kind of get away with people like surviving stuff because most of them got superpowers or some sort of like serum yeah. or something that makes it so they can survive. But it's so interesting to see franchises now like Mission Impossible, like the Fast and the Furious franchise where <laughs> now oh they're God. like just superhuman. Oh, yeah. no, they have superpowers in the Fast and Yeah, I love it. I love it. Fast and Furious is insane. Like, yeah. It's ridiculous. I love it. In, in Fast 9, and I really enjoyed Fast 10. I thought it was so oh, insane. Yeah. Like, I remember it was so good to be in a screening where everyone's, like, cheering. It's like, they were like, oh, you're yeah. in the Vatican City. It's like, yeah. it's like, and we're like, he's not going to do it. No, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. He did it. He jumped on this thing and went round. And you're like, you're like, I can't believe he's going to do it, but they will do it. And I like it because it's still, it feels far more back down to earth with the cars rather than like submarines, right? All those things really, <laughs> they're really good stuff. drivers. I love that. This is how it's come. They used to like the, the first film that's like they're stealing like DVD players. Yeah. <laughs> they really stuff. escalated. <laughs> things escalated quickly. Yeah. Um, and then, but like what annoys me is like there's a bit where Vin Diesel on Fast 9, you know, when he kind of come like he's, Suddenly, he's got about twenty men on him at once, mm -hmm. and he goes. He comes out. And he's going. That. Oh, and it's yeah. like no. Yeah, and he beats them all up. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like I am Groot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, even like in Hobson Shaw, there's that. You know, mm. remember that in is it Captain America uh, Civil War where uh, Steve Rogers like holds yeah, a helicopter the, uh, and like helicopter. does this? Yeah. He's like, yeah. and he's like and then straight. Not, yeah, yeah. The Rock does that. Yeah, the same. And he move. doesn't have super, ser super no, super serum. And then it's impossible. Like Ethan Hart, there's I can't remember which one it was. Maybe it's Ghost Protocol, but he's like obviously there's always going to be him on a motorcycle. But yeah. it's, he like absolutely wiped out, absolutely wiped out. Not one like cut or anything like that. And that's what annoys me. Just give him a few cuts <laughs> oh, yeah, at least. Knows. Let him yeah. get a like limp a or something. <laughs> like it just annoys me. It's like come on, like please, can you just like. Give me something. Just give me something to make me like at some point worry about his life. Because right now I'm just like I, he's just in, he's impenetrable. He's like impervious yeah. to any sort of harm. And even in mm -hmm. that 
motorcycle accident wasn't even planned. That was actually Tom Cruise wrecking the motorcycle. Yeah. And they just left it in the movie. And they just let him just walk away from it. (laughs) Here's what I love. Here's what I appreciate about the Mission Impossible movies, which I didn't. I just watched them all recently because I wanted to see the one that had... um, Henry Cavill in it, and my yeah, husband yeah. Did not let me oh, watch so cool. <laughs> just that one. He said you have to watch all of them. That's the only way that. So anyway, so we did that, and the thing is, is you can tell Tom Cruise mainly does his own stunts, mm-hmm. and I really appreciate that. And that's why I love. That's why I love watching. That's one of the reasons why I love Keanu Reeves so much is because mm. you can tell that they're doing. So it doesn't. It it makes it a little, a little bit more believable. Just just a little yeah. bit. <laughs> well, yeah, and also I think there is a case for like stunt choreography to be like recognized in far more award, mm-hmm. award shows because also again, sorry to go back to the Marvel stuff, but like none of them motherfuckers do anything <laughs> for real. <laughs> like that's they're all in helmets. Someone else yeah. can do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I remember speaking to like some people who worked on the stunt team, and they were talking about like, um, yeah, Civil War. And it's like you know that whole fight between Tony and Steve. It's like none of it is Chris Evans or Robert Downey Jr. These yeah. are the stunt dudes doing it. Like it's not America's ass. It's that some stunt guy's ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's kind of like. And there's something quite. I mean, I saw this one the other day when like, what was it? Tom Cruise doing one where he's like. I think it must be for the new one, but he's like getting motorcycle and he like dives off a cliff. Oh yeah, dives and he off comes down and he yeah. lets out his parachute and they're watching it and he's like, "Yeah, I can think I do that again." It's like again, <laughs> again. I think he nailed it. Yeah, it's like wild to me. Like, yeah, you have to appreciate, and even like in Top Gun, like I would say I actually like Top Gun the story, the original story, better than I like Top Gun Maverick. Because that got into like the espionage kind of like, oh, now suddenly stuck behind them enemy lines and all that. I thought it was kind of a little bit basic. And I also think they should have brought Meg Ryan back. I thought it was really rude that they killed her off off screen. They get yeah. Val Kilmer in, you can't see. I know. But they can't get Meg Ryan. It's like, I know she had her lips done, but she can still talk. Like, yeah. yeah. She's still know, yeah. alive and well. Yeah. 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 Probably like available. Con- yeah. yeah. And then Jennifer Connelly being the classic like barmaid is like, ugh. Uh, uh, like, you this door again, <laughs> like you know that sort of thing. But I, the dog fights in Top Gun are insane, and the fact mm-hmm. that like all the cast were kind of in that, those reactions are from people actually flung around. <laughs> again, I don't want to act. <laughs> yeah, ever. That part ever, would be ever. fun, but like then when no, Tom I would Cruise be like, projectile. <laughs> yeah, I would not be able to handle it. All. I need you to climb this building up there, and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> no, I don't know, Tom. No. <laughs> Like I get, I mean, I don't get vertigo a lot, but like sometimes if I stand up too quickly, it's like cool. So I don't think I can handle a full on plane. All right, we're we're running on time because I know she has a hard stop in a few minutes. So do you, do you want to ask your other question, Jason? Uh, what was my other question? Oh, Sorry, uh, I like segued into <laughs> not talking. No, talking don't. I was just having an awesome conversation. It was yeah. just fun talking about movies and stuff. I, I actually, I had a question. So Go ahead, you, Lisa. You end, your, you end your book on the strong female character. Oh, that's my question. Remind it, it, me. Okay, go ahead. Say it then. <laughs> no, no, go ahead, ladies first. Okay. So, and you're talking about how, you know, it's easy, which I agree, it's easy to keep the, the strong female character. You, you said, like, Buffy which I, I'm a Buffy girl. I love Buffy. Mm. <laughs> I rewatch it. I love it. I try to get my kids to watch it. And they're like, 
I guess it hasn't aged well. So I think it's Every kind of one of those things that you, we do you had to be there. Yeah, we do the Buffy <laughs> sing-along. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it hasn't aged well. And one of the things is my daughter's like, she's just so obsessed with this guy. Like, that's like the dri- one of the driving plots. Mm. And, and I'm like... How old is your daughter? Well, yeah. Okay, so she's 14. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So it's just... But I've, I'm, I've tried... So, okay, so here's the thing, just real quick. We live in Georgia, so we live in the South. So in the South, when I was growing up, it was very much everyone was in church and it was pray for your husband and your whole goal Mm. in life was to make sure that you become a good wife and a good mother. Like, so, um, so that was my whole identity. Not that I regret my life. I got really lucky that uh, my husband, I'm... I'm bossy and I'm a feminist and he loves me and he supports <laughs> me and he, but you know, but, but I, it could have gone a very different mm, way. Mm. Like I am, I see my friends who got married early, who, who, you know, literally have no identity other than being a wife and a mother. So anyway, so when we started raising our kids from the, the moment they've been born, like you don't have to get married. You don't yeah. have to have kids. You know, you get to be your own person. You don't need no man. You don't need no wife. Like, None of that, you know. So, so for me, I was a ho- like you. I was a hopeless romantic. So any, and I'm still that way. Any love story <laughs> I am in, I'm a marshmallow for. I want it. I just want like at the end, I want it all be wrapped up in a bow, you know. Like so, Buffy. I loved Buffy and Angel. Yeah. Unfortunately, I love Buffy and Spike. <laughs> yeah. and I, know, I like so them. Problematic, you know. And, yeah. But it doesn't with the new, the new kids. They're like. Yeah. Nah, she's she's not but that it, great. <laughs> but it's interesting though because like compared to say, I mean, there's certainly like problematic elements. Like I feel like sure. Xander. I used to really like Xander. Oh, and I'm like, oh I wow, too. he's a, such a pest. Like, <laughs> yeah. please. Xander like, was my favorite character until. And now, I now you're like, recently. oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you think about like the fact that Willow, like the character lesbian love story, there, that was one of the like first time we you probably yeah. seen that in like a kind of young adult uh primetime television show and like just and normalized I, it but but also like buffy's obsessive angel like we all get obsessive boys like i don't know yeah. you, so i don't know yeah, exactly. obsessive, what, who, who she might right. be obsessive yeah. or not but also what i really love about the character is that it's not just about like, she's got literally the entire <laughs> world's safety like on her shoulders <laughs> she's wanting to like a date but yeah. also have to fend off the apocalypse and if she does this, well, I want to look cute. And I love that about her. And like, she's so vulnerable. And I, you know, I kind of say in the bit, like, I love when she, when she loses her virginity and that creates like the worst <laughs> thing. What happens to her? She basically gets, she basically just like gets like fobbed off. It's like, mm-hmm. that's what some of us went through. And, yeah. and you know, you, you know, I mentioned Never Have I Ever earlier, but like, that's mm-hmm. the series that's all about this girl who's obsessed with all these boys. Or like, so many of the TV shows that I watch nowadays are very much, maybe like, Wednesday isn't as much, but yeah, I don't yeah, know. Maybe it's just Wednesday. Yeah. Maybe like sometimes you have to come to it at a certain time of your life. Like I think maybe your maybe your daughter will come to a point where yeah. <laughs> they've been through heartache or something yeah, like that. Yes. Yeah, do, do you think that um did you ever watch Gilmore the Gilmore girls? Yes, I did. Do you think I, that Laura so is a drunk? Yeah, yeah. Like in a way that felt like no one talks like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, do you think that Lorelai was a strong female character or? Yeah, I mean, look, my 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 definition of a strong female character is someone who uh, 
is their strengths come from their weaknesses. It comes from mm-hmm. their flaws. And I would say Lorelai is really fucking annoying. Yeah, <laughs> so and she's so, she can be so unlikable. And I think that's yeah. what makes her a good character because that's realistic, right? She's mm-hmm. frustrating. Uh, but that all comes from a sense of defense mechanism because she's a single mother. She's been hurt so many times. And, uh, you know, that's what they're all make. I mean, they're, it's kind of like watching Chandler in female form sometimes. It's like, yeah. she's a Chandler big. Like, yeah. You know, and, that's and I so I can accept that and I think you know a character like her she's she's putting on this strong front but it's actually hiding a real sadness and vulnerability and a weakness of like I don't want to show who I am because I'm scared of getting hurt you know why mm-hmm. when her ex-husband comes back around Roy's dad and stuff and then like the stuff with is it Luke who owns the cafe yeah oh yeah all Luke. these things <laughs> and it like I kind of I think it's interesting because I, I used to watch it when I was like Rory was obviously the one I tried you know tried to relate to but now like with now where I am in my life and the breakers I've gone through and stuff it's like Lorelai, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, it's all subjective, right? I think, but yeah. I think enough time, like Amy Palladino, she, when you've got enough time with a character and certain with series where you can really get into it and see the character them and evolve, that's really great. But I think sometimes strong female characters become so limited by strong taken literally that we just think, oh, just throw some, like perfect example of like a really underwritten strong female character I saw recently was in the Super Mario movie um, with yeah. Peaches. Like yes. that was like bare minimum, like yeah. added really nothing much. She can do all these sort of flips around, like, but she doesn't really she doesn't add. She, do she goes on no journey, right? She's yeah. just there to prop up the lead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's she doesn't really have any flaws. She's just like a perfect little kind of, oh, I'm a little hero. And that's the problem. It's like, you don't really have the Mary Sue. Like you yeah. like yeah. that sort of thing, which I don't really like using that as a as a as a pejorative term. term. Yeah. But like, yeah, I think. You know, for me, it's like my fa- you know, strong, my favorite strong female dancers are like certainly well in the action genre would be like Harley Quinn is great or like yeah, Wonder Man. Love Maxwell. Harley Quinn. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. you know, or even like um, you know, Jen Yu in like Carlton Tiger Hidden Dragon. I love, I love, yes. like I love her, and it's so, so yeah. I and but strong female characters can come in any sort of genre. It's any mm-hmm. form. It's I think we just need to have. Um, and that's why I kind of want to reclaim that name, really, because also yeah. what I suppose the point of the book was to kind of go like, I present as this kind of outwardly like, oh, I'm really doing all these things, but actually fundamentally, like, deep down, I'm going for all these like vulnerabilities and stress and fears and anxiety, and I've made so many mistakes in my life and flaws, but that actually just builds us who we are and actually just makes us stronger. So that's the point, and actually, certainly, I'm the the, the goal is that nowadays where we are in like cinema, we can have and TV as well. It's like we can explore that. We can explore to like the unending ways that women, uh, people who identify as women can like be presented on screen. And so Mm -hmm. that's the kind of like hope for the mission statement of the book. And hopefully in some way that's kind of come across at the end. I I agree. Yeah. That's why I loved it. I love that you ended it on that. Yeah. Cause it made me, cause it just made me sit there and think, okay, well, who are these characters that I always, you know, aspire to and are just, cause you, you know, art, imitates life like i don't care what what it is period so you're always trying to find yourself in one of these characters and that's why i think ultimately people decide if they love something or not if you can see yourself yeah what you and obviously i like is correct and anyone else yes always (laughs) that's the way it always yeah (laughs) obviously Over. <laughs> all right do you have anything else you want to say jason she's we're at her 
limit. Oh, I I just want to say thank you. That's it. Oh. Thank you for joining us. This has been great. I've been having no. so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure chatting. You, I love talking to people like nerds. <laughs> like, yeah, it's good. Because like, we are understand that, Yeah, because it's like we could talk about the references. It's like, great, I don't have to like explain this. Like sometimes you talk to people like, they're like, I I haven't watched that. I don't know who that person is. It's like, yeah. Oh yeah no, thank oh, you so yeah. much and yeah you, all the love from london to georgia yeah, yeah. do you want to tell us where we can find you what you're doing right now what we need to oh um uh i mean Plug. you can get my book which mm-hmm. is out in uh you can get it on audible um you can get it on amazon i think you can get like i, I also did the um the narration the audiobook so oh, if you love my dulcet tones you can listen to me for nine hours i've been listening to you for quite some time oh i love it there you go did you like the bits where i get to like where i'm trying to do like quote things from movies and i'm yes. like when i was doing it i was like i'm not doing a new yorker accent or like leonardo dicaprio the street, talking about shade pussies yeah <laughs> i was like no i can't do it i can't do it but no you can get it you can get it there and you can get it in kindle form and then you can get it on um on amazon you can get it in bookstops shops bookstops bookshops i think as well um but yeah no and that's kind of like it and you can follow me like i'm not really on twitter that much but if you want to follow me on instagram at hannah and mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's nice. Cool. Yeah, thanks. thanks. Thank so you much. so much for taking the time to yes. thank you Talk for messaging me back. You know, it's always a <laughs> uh, <laughs> we never really know if anyone's gonna yeah. read it. So, thank you very much. We appreciate it. And we love all things nerds. So, yeah, anytime you're like, oh my gosh, I wonder what they thought about that, just hit us up and we'll just tell you. Our <laughs> <laughs> we'll Amazing. Okay. Um, do you need to stop recording before I exit or? I, that'd probably be a good thing. I'm going to press the button now. Boom. No, yeah, I didn't 